Hi everybody and welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans and I'm your weight loss coach, health strategist and internationally published author, helping take your life, your business, your health, fitness, mindset and body from where you are right now to where it is that you want to be. And today you're in the mobile studio with me. I'm, um, I've got a, a bit of a trip from a doctor's appointment where I'm having my, my knee checked out uh, for some pain that's been there functionally for about sort of over 20 years now and I've gone back to my uh, shoulder surgeon because he also looks after knees to see what's going on with it and let's see if we can get it fixed once and for all. It doesn't cause me a huge amount of pain but it causes me pain and um, I'm never one to just be complacent with where I am particularly with my health and fitness and success so that's where I've, uh, I'm just coming back from and um, I'm booked in for an MRI in a couple of weeks uh, so he can take a closer look and see exactly what's going on there. He thinks he knows what's going on and maybe we won't have surgery, but um, my feeling is in order to get to the bottom of this, there needs to be some surgery. But we will see. We will see. But that's not today's topic. Today, what I'm thinking about is who have you learnt the most from in your life, apart from your parents, because I don't want you to say your parents, but I want you to think about who's been that one of that really great influences in your life and what have you learned from them? So often we go through day to day and not necessarily reflecting on uh, you know, where we've come from and where have been our greatest sources of inspiration and, and learnings. And for me, it's a challenge to isolate it with just one person because uh, there are many people that have had a, such a, a huge positive impact in my my life outside of my parents. Um, one of them, if I'm to list a few, one would be um, my very first coach, if you like, was somebody that used to teach me a musical instrument. Now, I think I may have mentioned this before in this podcast series, but I used to play the bagpipes. And why did I pick up that instrument? Well, I learned when I was started when I was 11 years old and my parents forced me into it. Loved playing an instrument from the first day. Um, loved making music and so I stuck with it for about 20, uh, 10 years, sorry. Went to the World Championships in Glasgow to play in the World Championships in 1990 and then a couple of years after that I just found that I wanted to do other things because it was requiring so much of my time and the, the love, the enjoyment uh, started to disappear. And I wanted to spend more time working on my health, my wellness, and uh, you know, growing my body and doing those sorts of things. So um, anyway, the person that taught me, he was uh, an older guy. Um, and, and you know what? I don't know that I could even tell you his age. But I think when I went to see him, he was probably in his 60s. And uh, he was my first my first coach um, and why uh, he was probably one of my my greatest ones and well certainly at that age that I was he probably taught me the most and you know the biggest gift that he gave me was work ethic and consistency and after that it was self-belief in knowing that I could do I could do things 
I was good at things because it was at a time in my life, and you say, what, you were 11 years old, well, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, through those ages, I was uh, very vulnerable. Um, I was trying to find my place in the world. I hated school. I wasn't good at school. I didn't have school friends. I uh, just was not fitting in well. And I just wasn't good at stuff. I was a, a tiny boy, wasn't good at sport, loved sports, but I wasn't good at them, so um, I, didn't, I didn't play them. There were fewer opportunities. I, I brought, was brought up in a, like a, a country sort of town, and there were fewer opportunities, smaller population, and just less activities going on, not compared to today. I mean, geez, there's barely a sport you can't do now. But back then, it was either football or cricket and basketball. And now I was too short and small for any of those to be really good at it. Um, So I just didn't do any of them. Ended up going to the bagpipes. But what it did was really dinted my confidence. Um, Not being good at school, not having friends, not having a girlfriend. What were all all of those signals I was receiving was not good enough, not good enough. Not good enough, not smart enough to understand school. Not good enough to uh, play sports. Not uh, attractive enough to have a girlfriend. Not, you know, a good enough friend for people to be friends with me. Uh, So what I used to do was externalise it all and say, well, it was other people's issues. But I would internalise the pain and say, I I just wished, like, pardon me, like that movie Big, I just wished I was bigger. I wished I was taller because if I was taller, then at least girls might be attracted to me. At least um, I would be more popular because I'd be playing sports and stuff. So for me growing up, I saw a very strong link with the popular boys at school. They're also, you know, way better looking than me generally, but the ones that were better at school, I'm sorry, better, taller, were better at sport, were more popular, had more friends, did better at school. And that was the thing that I made up for myself, those stories that I, I created for myself. So none of that was true, of course. That was all just stuff that I made up. But what um, this Fred was his name. Um, what Fred did for me was gave me self-belief. And he helped me understand that I had something in me to share and that through music I could demonstrate to the world that I had ability and it was the first thing that I was any good at. And what do you do when you're good at something? Well, you tend to do more of it. Now, I wasn't like a natural. I don't think I'm a natural at anything. Everything that I may be good at is something that I've really worked hard at. And so I used to practice two hours a day when I first started. Then I went to three hours a day of practice outside of school. And I used to keep a diary. I've still got the diaries, and they were very boring diaries, but I would talk about how much I would practice and what I would do in my days. Um, What I created was this connection between working hard, being the practice, and that was through Fred saying, if you can practice this, and uh, you know we'll move over to uh, you know if you've learned you know half the they were called tunes not songs so if you lose half the learn half the tune this week 
then I'll give you the other half next week. So I would learn it to memory in a week. Just practice and practice and practice. And then knowing that my reward was next week I get the second part and then I could play the whole lot. And then it was about speeding it up. So you start off by you're learning slow, you're following the music, you're trying to get it perfect, and then you just get it faster and faster uh, until you just play it normal tempo, normal speed, and you um, are playing it by memory. And you move from the what we call the practice chanter then onto the actual bagpipes themselves. And that was the ultimate goal. And by doing that each week, what he taught me was, okay, if you work hard this week and you're consistent with your work ethic, he didn't use these words, then the reward is that you'll be able to do this better. And then when you can do this better, I'm going to give you a reward of giving you another one. And then um, beyond that, it was doing other things. Like we formed a really strong connection. And uh, he was like, he became uh, like my best friend because I talked to him about all kinds of things. He would share about his life as well because he was in the war and um, all the different things that he had done. And um, yeah, I'd plant veggies with him. Uh, we'd pick veggies together. He took me fishing. It was with him that I caught my first ever fish in, in a lake, Lake Abelok, in, in his boat. Um, you know, I did so many things for the first time with him. But ultimately, he taught me about uh, work ethic, being a good person, and how far I could go, and also understanding your own limits, because there was a time that came where he said to me, it was the greatest moment, one of the greatest moments, so probably the first greatest moment of my life, as well as the saddest at the same time, because he said to me that he thinks he has taught me everything that he can and it was after like I was playing in this um, this series of songs in his tunes in his kitchen on the bagpipes and I'd finished and he was never one to give you praise he'd never say that was fantastic you know blah 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 he, he just wouldn't do that he'd say yeah oh, I think that was alright Robbie he'd say he'd call me Robbie so oh, I think that was alright Robbie you're doing okay there uh, And but he'd always give me a couple of tips think you need to work on this just a little bit more and he teach me how to you know tune the bagpipes and everything to do with the reeds because they're all cane they're not cane anymore but teach me all about that but then this one day I'd finished and he said and I'm waiting for him because I thought yeah I didn't make any mistakes it was you know it was good my finger movements are getting stronger and he said I think I've taught you everything I can I think it's time for you to go and see another, you know, someone else, someone else, another teacher, I think he said. And it was heartbreaking because I thought, but you've been such a huge part of my life and I wouldn't be able to be where I am with my confidence just in normal life or be the player that I am without you. I don't want to let you go. And I think back to that moment and realised just how difficult that would have been for him knowing that he wasn't the greatest player and he's a great example of someone where you do not have to be a great player to be an amazing coach and he knew what his limitations were 
and he knew that for me to be able to progress and to bring out my true gifts and become the best player that I could be, I needed to go and see someone else. And so he gave me the, the person, I reached out to them, and after a bit of negotiating here and there, they didn't want to take me on straight away, they agreed. And I used to travel down once a, a fortnight, I think it was. It was a, a five-hour return trip, uh, but mum or dad would drive me down, I'd do my lesson, then I'd return home. And um, I just realised at that moment that you really need to know your own limitations. If you're working with somebody that you know is going to outperform you, like I'd become a much better player than he was, uh, certainly not a coach at that stage, even though I'd had some other roles within the pipe band and so forth, um, he realised that I, I, I just need more coaching to bring out my gifts. And um, that was the first time that I realised, wow, sometimes you've got to make some really tough decisions for yourself and realize your limitations. And I think even today with the, the work ethic and the impact that he had on my self-image and my self-esteem that enabled me to do things that I never, ever thought I'd be able to do. And I still get choked up with it sometimes because hey, he's, he's been passed away for many years now, but but when I think deeply about him and what he what he did for me and the connection that we have, um, like he didn't have that with any other of his pupils ever because I was so grateful for what he did and so many people went to him for lessons and he never charged anyone anything. I never paid a cent to him and all my parents did. So my gift, what he also taught me, was about grace. And even though he had his own ways and he was never, you know, he'd never give you a hug or he'd never tell you what a good job you'd done, um, I knew what I meant to him. And my way of paying back was to just, um, you know, I'd jump on my bike, so before I could drive and everything, I'd jump on my bike and I'd just ride around to his house. And just see what he was doing. You know, whether it was on a weekend or after school or something. He'd be in the veggie garden and we'd just talk. Not about anything in particular, but just... We wouldn't talk about the, the pipe band or my... Yeah, how I was going with the learning or anything. It was just to connect with him. And so I think he, he also taught me about relationships and and the importance of them because he was my best friend and when you don't have you know those people in your life you feel really empty and lost and he just filled such a huge part of my life that even to this day he was probably the most influential person in my lifetime. Now, I've had coaches since that have been tremendously impactful for me. And there's two others I'll talk about in a moment, but um, he's still the one I get the most emotional about um, because of just where I was in my life at that, at that time and, and so vulnerable. And, um, I think he was giving me things he didn't even realise 
and now it's even sad now to think that uh, you know I lost him as a as a friend and a contact because um, he just gave me so much. So Fred, if you're listening to this podcast, thank you, thank you so much. Um, it was ultimately because of him that I got to fulfil a dream, which was to play in the World Championships in Scotland, Glasgow in 1990. And at that point in my time, my single's greatest ever achievement ever. And so many great moments in, like you can't work with someone so closely multiple times a week and not have beautiful moments. And I'll never forget the day where, um, you know, I won something and he was so excited because it was, it was a tough competition. I was, um, you know, I was in a, a higher grade. I was up against some really uh, good people, and he he ended up um, giving me a hug, picking me up, spinning me around, type of thing. I'm like, wow, that's the first time he's ever done that, and telling me what a um, you know what a great job I'd done, and that was probably the first time that he'd done that. And there's so many other beautiful moments as well. And so, if I think beyond that, the next uh, probably I've had a number of coaches. Now, if we're talking about impact, I want to talk about the next one I got, which was really many, many years later, and that was Tony Robbins. And look, I think you either like Tony Robbins, don't get it, hate him, whatever. Uh, But for me, he served a very big purpose in my life at the time, helped me to be able to uh, challenge myself, raise my standards, and if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. I wouldn't be reflecting on life the way that I do today. I wouldn't be anywhere near as passionate as I am. Like Tony's creed is, live, live life with passion. And it was because of him that I committed years to just improve myself and to become more passionate and energetic about what I did. Because... I understood what he did and the success he achieved for so many others before, before me that I thought, this guy knows what he's on about. So I've just got to do what he says. And it works. If you want to really tap into it and do the things that he does, then it does work. I think one of the problems is that we often listen to things and we hear things. We might try and apply a bit of it but we don't immerse ourselves in it. So here was the first thing. So what did he help me with? Mindset, okay? Great on my mindset, really powerful. Now, what I realized after probably a couple of years and I had uh, uh, Robin's coaches and stuff uh, was trying to change my business and use their business, um, you know, coaching to try and achieve that. But it didn't resonate with me. And I wasn't achieving the change that I wanted to. So I then uh, reached out to JT, JT Fox, and world's number one wealth coach. And it was with him that when life started to change that next, to that next level in terms of business operationally and also my mindset and work ethic and just getting stuff done even though I'd always had a good work ethic, I was probably focusing on the wrong things. And what I thought was hard work 
wasn't actually hard work at all. It was just work. It wasn't hard work. I didn't know what hard work was until I started to apply myself and do the things that JT said. And just the way that he does things. And uh, obviously you've got the celebrity branding, uh, but it's just everything else that comes with him. It's being able to listen to his coaching sessions that he has with his coaches. It's access to all these different celebrities, um, all the different um, podcasts that he does, all the different lives that he does, all the different courses that he does, and just learning uh, so much about myself and how to do things and knowing how to study the successful qualities in people to get the outcomes that you truly want. That, to me, is the goal part. And so... Um, they are probably the three biggest changes in my life. Now, um, obviously you have relationships that come along too, like your intimate relationships, your personal relationships. And I think every single intimate relationship I've been in, um, I become a better person as a result. A better man, if you like, for, um, for the people that I've been with. And I'm forever grateful for that. With each person that I've been with, it's, there haven't been many. But, uh, you know, each one has played its role in helping shape me for where I was at that particular time in my life. And I continue to grow every day, continue to grow. So what do you take away from this? I want you to stop and I want you to reflect on where did you get your biggest learnings? Because unless you stop and you turn around and you look back and you really truly appreciate some of these key gifts that you've been given, that you've developed, you've created, then I think sometimes we lose sight of the bigger picture of life and what success really looks like. Because I think about the people that have given me things, and one of my key, key functions that I like to provide for people is giving back and connecting and sharing my insights so that if somebody listens to this right now and I can have a positive impact slightly to help you listening to this right now have a better outcome for your life, then this has been successful. If it took 278 sessions for you to listen to before you got to that one breakthrough, then it's been worth it. If you've had 100 breakthroughs, then fantastic. If you just get one, if you just get one, then hasn't it also been of value? So I want you to reflect on where your greatest learning is. Think about the qualities of that person, why you learnt the most from them. And see, check in with yourself. Are you doing enough to contribute to others and connect with others and coach others and give your beautiful gifts, share them with other people because it's not intellectual property. You might say, oh no, I couldn't do that because the way I do things, it's my IP. Well, share it, okay? Share it with others. No one is going to do what you do in your way. You're the best at what you do in your way. Okay? Somebody else will do it in their way. I mean, if I was to achieve uh, physical and health transformations for people but didn't share with them how I did it, then to me, that's all about me. I want to make it about them and their results. And not only will that make them feel great, but it also creates more uh, 
business opportunities as well because they'll be raving fans. Now, if you want to connect with me, please do. Go to the mental toughness and body show.com, opt in for the free consultation there. Let's connect. Let's make 2021 your best year ever. Stay safe. I'll see you soon. 